Hello, and welcome back to the Sakis podcast, Making Adjustments, where we take a thoughtful dive into an element of culture or a current event that could benefit from a few healthy adjustments. If you're new here, Sakis is the sexual assault counseling and information service, and we serve survivors of sexual violence as well as their significant others in the Eastern Illinois area. It is our mission to end sexual violence in society, and we recognize the intersections of identities and different backgrounds and experiences all contribute to a culture of violence and oppression. So today I am joined by a special guest, our intern, Shannon. Shannon, do you want to give a little bit of information about yourself? Yeah, sure thing. Okay, so um, I am a senior this year. I'm graduating next, or this spring. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, I am a psychology and human services major, and I'm super excited to be here. And you go to Eastern Illinois University. Yes, Eastern Illinois University. Awesome. Go Panthers. Yes. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being here and being willing to participate in this. I really appreciate it. Um, so we're just a few days away from Halloween. Honestly, it was always my favorite holiday growing up because you got to play dress up and you got candy, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I would always spend like so long planning my costumes. It was a big thing for me. Um, and you know, I still do that usually still do a lot that. of times, <laughs> um, but I was wondering if you have a favorite costume from the years or if you're excited um, for this year's costume. <laughs> I, I think about this one costume all the time, but when I was younger, I dressed up as a hobo. Oh. So my brother was a Pokemon that year too. So we were just like two kids, Pokemon and a hobo, just like walking down the street. So it was a great time, uh, and I'm really excited for this year now that COVID is starting to slow down so I can yes. get the costumes back out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think um, my favorite, I went as Britney Spears in the Baby One More Time video <laughs> at one point. That's amazing. Yeah, it was very <laughs> fun. Um, but one thing that I noticed, like, from when I was younger, but honestly more as I got older... Um, was how costumes changed Mm -hmm. Um, from when I was little to when I was older (laughs) (laughs) around, you know, like teenage and 20s, early 20s. And I think that I probably recognized it more because I was just older and more educated and more aware of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But costumes started getting more, I'll say troublesome. um, It's a good word. And a little bit problematic. And I think that not a lot of people recognized it or maybe they did but they just didn't care enough Mm. because people are kind of like oh halloween's a fun thing like it's just for fun we're not trying to be offensive but obviously working in this field we see the effects of like little everyday things like that Mm. manifest as actual violence and oppression so even something as small as a halloween costume can contribute to rape culture and the continuation of that So, I was wondering if you have any examples or anything you can think of off the top of your head of maybe, like, a problematic costume. Like, I guess, like, all the things of, like, Playboy bunnies. That's kind of what I was thinking of. Like, Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes to mind for me. Oh, yeah. It always reminds me of... Mean Girls. Mean Girls. They're like, this is the one time a year where you get to dress up as slutty as you want. And, like, that's just... And no other girl can say anything about it. Yes! yes that's the I, quote. Yes. <laughs> and, like, that's... I mean, that's really how it should be. Like, women are able to wear whatever they want on Halloween, no matter how many clothes you're wearing or not enough, whatever it may be. Um, but 
the way that culture views it is it's like that's that's wrong right like that's problematic because you're in your underwear right now yeah and so that's it it gets really touchy once you get to that point yeah and it gets into slut shaming Mm -hmm. which can get into victim blaming also oh yeah and i think that sometimes as women we think or we expect that other women are going to be like oh you can wear whatever you want Mm -hmm. but i think even we live in kind of a rural area and i'm from here so like i've experienced that my whole life and that women are more judgy than they are supportive more judgmental mean girls was not they were not right about that at all then no that's what i'm hearing right (laughs) i mean I think that that's kind of the joke. It's comical, but it's a bit mm-hmm. sad because it's true and that mm-hmm. that's how we act. That's exactly how it is. Especially teenage and college-age girls. Oh, especially in college because mm-hmm. it's like you see all of the girls that go out to the parties uh, around Halloween. It's a big deal at Eastern's campus. It's really fun. Um, but it's still like everyone's bashing each other for their costumes and mm-hmm. it's like are you bashing the men for their costumes? Because right. they're just as crude. Yeah. Maybe even worse. Right. But we're not going to attack the men too soon. Yeah. <laughs> and when women slut shame and talk about other people's costumes, they're stigmatizing women and women's bodies, mm-hmm. right? And they're encouraging disbelief or other consent myths or even like bystander intervention. They're discouraging that. Um, mm. Because if, if she chose to dress like that, right, then why help her? Um, or why step in if we see something inappropriate or unsafe that's taking place. Um, and I think a lot of times, like, even afterwards, it can be a problem. Like, oh, did you hear what happened to so-and-so? Yeah, well, no wonder. Did you see, like, what she was wearing? Oh, yeah. I think that a lot of people just assume that only men are making comments like that. But it is women. It is women definitely also too. the women. Yeah. yeah. And that's not helping the culture of it all at all. Right. I think a lot of it is um, expectations that we put on women. We expect them to dress a certain way, and then we expect them to want sex because of their clothing. Mm -hmm. And obviously, clothing is not consent at all. No. And when we put um, those expectations on women that they need to dress a certain way for Halloween or for any time of year, um, we're just normalizing clothing as consent. And really normalizing things like catcalling and street harassment or harassment at parties, and things like that. So I've seen a lot lately um, on TikTok, too, about it's like a trend where people do, um, like, me when I stop dressing for the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I actually haven't, no. Oh, it's been popping up on my For You page a lot. But then I've also been seeing the ones where it's, like, people showing their previous Halloween costumes. Oh, yeah. Or even their costumes that they're like going to dress up as this year or a couple costumes ideas mm-hmm. um and I think it would be interesting to see kind of a crossover of those two mm-hmm. TikTok trends where it's like Halloween costumes where you're not dressing for the male gaze it could even just be like Halloween costumes dressing for yourself dressing like for, for a yourself. Halloween costume like it's okay to dress Right. However, it is. I, I know I'm going to dress. My Halloween costume this year is going to be exactly how I want it to be. And right. And not directed towards anyone in particular. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. So you found an article about mm-hmm. some teens. I think, was it in? 
I don't Iowa, remember where. Ohio? I think it was in Ohio. It was somewhere local. Yeah. Um, not local, but like rural. Midwest local. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, it was. It was pretty similar to. I would. I don't want to say similar to Charleston, but it's a similar uh, environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in Kansas. There we go. There Kansas. it is. Uh, there were these two teenagers in Kansas who dressed up as rape victims, survivors, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, it was an absolutely disgusting article. I honestly would not recommend it. Um, But it was definitely helpful to read and understand that this is the culture that we're living in. Like, there are people that are dressing up and doing this, even though there is no way that a survivor can look. Like, survivors are everyday people. And so it it can happen to anyone. But the way that you dress doesn't mean anything. Like, it doesn't make you more of or less of a survivor at all. Right, and it doesn't make you more or less likely to be sexually assaulted or oh, raped. Yeah. I like what it said in the article, what it pointed out about how it is really belittling to mm-hmm. actual survivors of trauma and of sexual violence um, for someone to dress up in a costume like that. And like you said, it plays into a culture of disbelief because it's saying or it's implying that there's one way mm-hmm. that a victim should look. Mm-hmm. So I think that... As far as how people dress for Halloween, however much of their skin they want to show or anything like that, um, it's fine. They shouldn't be punished or shamed for that. And the problem comes when women or even a certain race or cultural group are just expected to dress a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's always dangerous, again, to use clothing as an expectation for sex or a type Mm. of consent. But it seems to be especially heightened on Halloween because costumes are such an integral part of the holiday. Oh, yeah. And honestly, like, being in a college town, um, a lot of people also expect that um, people are also going to be drinking. Right. And so men think that they're entitled to, like, grope women and, like, Mm -hmm. just do whatever they want when it comes to alcohol and, like, exposed clothing. And so I feel like Halloween definitely promotes that culture. Yeah. Yeah. that I got a quote from a book I've been reading about rape culture, uh, and it says that as a culture, we got ourselves into this mess, so it stands to reason that we can get ourselves out of it, but the first step is that it is admitting that we have a problem to begin with. Right. Um, and so I think accepting the fact that people think that they are entitled to sexually assault someone because of what they're wearing, it, it's frustrating. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at and all. And it doesn't follow the definition of enthusiastic, um, ongoing consent. Nope. So I think that it would also be helpful to talk about um, costumes that may not seem like they have a direct impact on sexual violence and rape culture, mm-hmm. but that absolutely do because um, all oppression is connected and intertwined. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about cultural appropriation. Oh, yeah. So I actually, I did some research um, just on the impact of cultural appropriation, especially with Halloween costumes. Um, And just like a basic definition of cultural appropriation is taking from one culture that is not your own. Uh, So it's especially important, especially when it's taking from cultures that have sacred headdresses or Mm -hmm. sacred pieces of clothing, um, especially for Halloween. Um, I know that a lot of people that aren't of the Latinx community like to do the Day of the Dead fun, like, skulls. Um, But that is, that's actually, even that could be crossing a line, Mm -hmm. uh, especially since it's a way that 
that community likes to grieve. That's their way of grieving. And so um, that's one. Uh, And then also taking a look into the Native American culture and how many of those costumes can just really be impactful for that community. Um, Because the whole idea of, like, a sexy Native American, like, that's just... yeah. Like that, those those are sacred pieces that I can't even. You're sexualizing yeah. it. Um, yeah, oh. that's true. I really liked. Um, there was a quote that I think that you shared with me in one of the articles that said, mm-hmm. "Can you imagine how it would feel for someone to decide that the way you mourn your parents would make a fun party outfit?" And that just really hit me because I think we've all experienced grief at some point, mm-hmm. and for someone to like make it into a fun thing. Um, I would probably just personally be really hurt and upset by that mm-hmm. at the very least. Oh, yeah. And I'm not part of a minority culture. They're not even mm-hmm. targeting um, my identity in doing that. Exactly. That that quote also hit me pretty hard because I didn't realize how much it could impact that community who right. is still grieving um, and celebrating uh, Dia de los Muertos or... Um, anything like that, I was like, oh, well, I, I think it's cute, so I want to partake in this, but it's it's not my culture to partake. Right. And I think that a lot of people who do dress up in costumes that are culturally appropriating mm-hmm. a certain culture, they don't understand that if it isn't your culture, it's probably not offensive to you because you don't have the experiences or the knowledge associated with it. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem, too. Um is that people just don't have the education on other cultures, on cultures other than their own, to know what a lot of those um, costumes actually mean and what they're used for yeah. within the culture. Mm-hmm. And also, it other than appropriation, it can play into cultural tropes and stereotypes. Honestly, like especially with Native Americans, it's similar to the whole mascot thing, mm. in which if all someone knows of a culture is this stereotypical image of a mascot, then that's very dehumanizing to that culture as a whole, and it's going to make it easier. If we dehumanize people, we have an easier time committing violent acts against them, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people are just so unaware of the culture. Like, they they are wearing these costumes without the understanding of how important it may be to somebody else and how hurtful it can be. Um, And so I think some some of the best ways to, like, really examine, like, is this this an okay costume for me to be wearing? Um, Is just really think about, like, if you were, you know, trick-or-treating. Maybe not as an adult. I don't know how that would look. But um, if you were to like have go trick or treating and someone were to open the door, uh, and they were to be of that culture that you were dressing as, would they be offended? Right. And so that's something to really think about. Um, And this culture that you're borrowing from, like, are you are you able to just take it off? Right. After November 1st. Um, Yeah. I really like that because you will dress up as something for one night and partake let's say Mm -hmm. in air quotes as that culture as a part of that culture but you have the power and privilege of another culture every Mm -hmm. other day of the year oh yeah and I think a lot of that also reminds me of like blackface with costumes right um or trying to change your skin tone specifically for a costume like you being able to take that off of you 
is it's really just a big sign of white privilege and it's just it's really offensive and i feel like a lot of times when it comes to young children's costumes as well um when you start things like that earlier like dressing as cowboys and indians or dressing up in blackface that means that the normalization of those things starts young and then that child is going to learn that it's okay to stereotype or culturally appropriate or devalue others Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i also think that it's important to point out that children can dress up as black heroes of theirs or idols of theirs some of the Examples it has listed here are like Black Panther, Moana, Princess Tiana, and that's good for them to want to do that because then they're idolizing a person of color. Oh, yeah. And that's a great thing. But you don't have to change a child's skin tone to dress up as something for Halloween. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so I guess we can go ahead and talk about now we know that there's um, obviously a problem. So what are some things we can do to solve this problem? I know that there's probably, like, as far as cultural solutions, there's a lot to handle there. But individual solutions might be taking the things that we talked about into consideration. Mm. Just taking into consideration, like, dressing how you want to dress when you choose a Halloween costume and taking into consideration other races, ethnicities, and cultures. Mm -hmm. And also, if you're out at a party or something like that, actively thinking about what you say before you say it, if you're making comments about how someone else is dressed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think it could also be helpful if you hold other people accountable for it as well. So if you have a friend um, that you're with who is making comments about the way someone is dressed, um, and it's regarding that they're not wearing enough clothing or that that they're asking for it, whatever excuse that they come up with, um, just really shut that down. Um, and Or if you know someone who wants to dress up in a costume that may be offensive, right. really just educate them. Because I think that it may not be a big thing. Like It, it seems like a pretty small interaction, but it could yeah. really make a big difference. If it's someone that you don't know very well, because I think that that's kind of where the line is difficult, where it's maybe like a roommate's friend and you're Mm -hmm. like, well, should I really say something to them? I think it's okay to just be like, oh, well, why did you choose that costume? Mm -hmm. Like, what made you want to dress as that? Did you consider this? Mm -hmm. And even if you're not the person to completely educate them, you can point them in the right direction of websites or articles Mm -hmm. Um, or someone who could do that. Exactly. Another thing that we can do to combat just the large sexual assault problem that we have around Halloween is mm-hmm. believing survivors mm-hmm. <laughs> um, every day all the time. But especially at Halloween, um, because there are stereotypes and stigmas about costumes, mm-hmm. and there's generally alcohol involved if it's a party of some sort. Oh, yeah. And I think with that kind of instance, we need to really take our focus off of who we believe to be the victims in this case. Right. Are. And we really need to put our focus on who the perpetrators are. Uh, but yeah, taking the focus off of the the survivors and, or someone who would potentially encounter that. So taking off the focus on the clothes. Right. And putting a lot of the focus on ways that you could promote consent. Yeah. And healthy boundaries. Yeah. Because when we talk Mm -hmm. about alcohol and clothing, 
really what we're talking about is risk reduction Mm -hmm. and that's not true prevention. Like you said, like prevention would actually encourage people from not perpetrating in the first place and not telling women or anybody else that it's their responsibility to watch their alcohol or Mm -hmm. to dress a certain way so that they avoid being raped. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Shannon. It's been awesome talking to you. If you have any questions about the things we discussed today, or you just want to find out more about our organization and the services that we offer, you can contact us via our website at www.sacus.org. Episode details will also be listed there. And as always, our 24-hour hotline is available for survivors or significant others at 888-345-2846. Thank you so much for joining us today and we hope to see you next time on Making Adjustments.